everybody, welcome to Busy Living Sober with Elizabeth Chance, also known as Busy Chance. Today we are in episode 292, 292 episodes, and we are sponsored by Soberlink. Nearly 15 million people in the U.S. have an alcohol use disorder, and that's alcohol only. I think this might have changed, by the way, since we originally wrote this, because as I've mentioned a couple weeks ago, and then again this week, I saw that a report came out that more people have died of alcohol-related deaths since COVID than did previous to um previous to, you know, this pandemic. And those are people under 65. So Soberlink is an amazing tool. They're trying to get rid of the stigma, just like busy living sober. And, um, their Soberlink strives to erase the stigma of alcohol addiction. Their remote alcohol monitoring tool has helped over 500,000 people to be more accountable in their sobriety. So it helps you out. It get, lets you tell your loved ones, work, maybe whoever, you know what, look, I am telling you that I'm not drinking and here, look, here's a report from Soberlink. And um, their, um, their voluntary system encourages connection and honesty, which helps to rebuild trust and maintain sobriety. I've teamed up with Soberlink to come up with the resource guides, tips for keeping busy living sober for those in recovery. Visit www.soberlink.com and download the resource. And if you or someone you know can benefit from accountability for alcohol recovery, you can also find a form on that page to sign up for a $50 promo code. And again, I, I missed the slash. So it's www.busylivingsober.com slash BLS for busy living sober. And today's topic is, um, is going to be happiness. And you might say, why is she doing happiness? And for me, this week is Holy Week. Now, I'm not going to lie and tell you guys like I'm this major religious person because you guys all know that I'm not really that religious. And um, and so um, so I um, but it is it is an important week for people that are believe in God and believe in Christianity. And so um, so this week I have been thinking a lot about happiness. And I think another thing that triggered me to talk about happiness is I've been doing this um, meditation I found on Insight Timer. I'm just going to tell you guys what it is. It's called Manifesting Happiness, a 20 minute by a 20 minute daily insight. And it's by, I'm going to total butcher this guy's name. It's Sakobib Rizvi. And you spell that S-A-Q-I-B and his last name is R-I-Z-B-I. And he is a, um, he's an, uh, he's, I can tell that he's Indian. He's from India and he, um, just his message has been so relatable to me recently because I think that, um, I don't want to say that this is just addicts, but a lot of addicts that, especially the ones that I've worked with, have found that it's happiness is so fleeting, right? We all want to be happy all the time. And we're like, why can't I be? And why am I focusing on the negativity instead of the positivity? And we sit here and we go over this in our heads over and over. Why do I have to be negative? I don't want to be negative anymore. Why don't I like this person? And then I don't like this person. And I think that it all starts with ourselves, right? So we always have to look within ourselves to find happiness. And if we're not happy with ourselves, 
we're going to complain about other people, right? So if we're pointing one figure out, there's always three pointing back at us, right? So you've got one. And if you're watching me on YouTube, you can see me do this. So I'm like pointing my finger out and the three are going back to me. So it's all about finding that inner happiness and that inner joy. And how do we find inner joy? And I think that, um, for me, since the beginning of getting sober, you know, back in that first year, I think by nature, I just have to say this. I think by nature, I've always been someone that tends to look at a glass half full rather than half empty. And I think I was born like that. Like, I think that it was, um, I've always been a happier, like, I just like being happy and jumping around and if you were going to identify me as a child, I would say Tigger. Do you remember from Winnie the Pooh? Because Tigger's always like, Tigger's here. And he's jumping in and he's like, oh my gosh. I know other people are like, oh my, exhausted by me. But that's how I act. I'm like, what's up? And I don't know that everyone feels that way. And I think, but I do believe we can get there. I do understand that people have, um, are depressed and they have other um, mental illnesses that contribute to them not finding happiness. But I think that just like being sober and working on that every day, we can work on being happier every day. But I think it takes some work in the beginning. Because if we're normally, we wake up in the morning and it's like doomsday every day, like I hate my life, I hate everything about it. It's hard to get to that place of happiness, right? Because we wake up in the morning and it's hard to change it. And then things happen. Like, let's say you wake up in the morning and the alarm goes off and you didn't get enough sleep and you wanted to wear some outfit and there's dog hair all over it. Or you get up and you're like, I want to make a cup of coffee and there's no cream or there's no coffee or your coffee maker didn't go off. And it just like, that starts your day. And then it just, it just snowballs and your day just becomes miserable the rest of the day. But I think that if we really want to change that, change that negativity to positivity, we can, but it's going to take some tools. So one of the tools that I recommend is getting up in the morning and doing a gratitude list. And I've talked about this on many, 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 many occasions. And it has been something that I was taught when I first got sober. It was like, write down a gratitude list. And you, I hear them talk about this on different, you know, Breen Brown talks about it. Um, I think, what's her name? Doyle talks about it. I think Oprah talked about it. I think that a lot of people talk about that gratitude helps to change the way the negativity goes. And, you know, this is for us to do. We can't have anybody else do this gratitude for us, right? Now, it's so funny. One of my listeners, I'm just going to call it, her name's Dana, and she lives somewhere in America. And she reached out to me today and she had been at a meeting and somebody talked about her, um, someone in a meeting was reflecting on how you have to have a board of directors. So my first member of my board of directors that I had, my, my first, you know, fellow traveler, I'm going to call her, was the one that said to me, you should do gratitude. So that was my person I kept accountable on my, my, in my board, my board of directors. And she said, write what you're grateful for. And I was like, okay. And it's important for me to get in the day to get grateful if I'm constantly reflective of what I did yesterday, 
And let's say I did shit that I didn't like yesterday, or especially when I was first getting sober, there was, I would reflect on everything that was bad from the day before and nothing that was going on in that day. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know what? And my, this woman would say to me, well, wait a minute, aren't you grateful for, and she'd mentioned some things that were maybe basics for some people. But for me, I, when you really think about it, it was a big thing. Like, um, I was really, um, grateful that my kids were there and my kids were healthy. And I think we take that for granted. And um, that was something that could really take me. To, I'm like, wow, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I can see. I'm grateful that I didn't pick up a drink today. I'm grateful that I just get to live. You know, I just get to be alive. I, um, I'm grateful that I have an amazing husband and that's like five things right there. And I think even if you don't have the amazing husband or you don't have the amazing kids, I mean, there's things in your life that you can be grateful for. And, um, and some days might be, might be harder to find out what those things are that you're grateful for, but really taking the time to think about it and go, you know what? Thank you. It changes the way you perceive things because you're like, oh my gosh. And I will tell you, when I was first getting sober, I was like, um, I was so grateful that I woke up in the morning and I knew where my car was. And I knew, see, I didn't have social media back then. There was no social media, but I can imagine if you woke up in a morning, if you were blackout drinker, like I was and waking up in the morning and realizing you didn't post something that you thought about posting and you didn't do it, that would probably make you happy. That'd be something to be grateful for. Or you didn't put up a picture of something that you wish you hadn't put up and you try to take it down, but it's never down. Like people that already commented on it or something. Um, there are so many things that if you have the ability to be clear-minded that you can look at and go, wow, wow, I'm so happy I didn't do that last night. And I remember what I did last night and I woke up this morning and everything's where I left it the night before. And wow, I made it through one night and then I'd make it to another night. And I would have those milestones. Like when I got, you know, it's a big deal when you get 30 days, right? 30 days is huge. So I went and I bought myself something and it probably wasn't something big. I probably went to TJ Maxx and got myself I don't know, a sweater, a shirt, a pair of shoes, something on clearance. And um, that helped me because it gave me a gift. And it's like, look, I did this. I gave myself this gift. I did 30 days. And it wasn't about somebody giving else giving me the gift. It was me because this was about me. It was about me falling in love with me. And I think it's very difficult because we're not raised to take care of ourselves, right? We're raised to take care of other people and making sure everybody else is happy. But what about how we are? How do we get happy? I mean, I remember being a chameleon for everybody else, what they wanted me to be. And being a people pleaser at our core is difficult because all we want to do is make sure everybody else is happy. But at the end of the day, we get ourselves in situations that are really, um, not so great, right? We get ourselves in situations, we make friendships that were like, why did I do that? I mean, there's so many things that I had done in my past and do, and I've done sober too, that I wish that I, that now I'm learning about. I'm just going to say, I don't wish anything differently. I just am now learning about these things. And, um, I put up a very, um, 
I really like it. Actually, I'm going to pull up my, because I don't remember it exactly, but I put up the other day, an amazing, um, amazing quote that I have to share with you that I find to be, it's, it's from George Washington. It says, be be courteous, I can't even speak, be courteous to all, but intimate with few and let those few be well tried before you give them your confidence. George Washington. Now I never did that. I would meet a friend and I would tell them my entire life story and the good, the bad, the ugly, because I wanted people to make me feel like I'm okay, but this is me. I'm my, I'm, I'm my authentic self. I wear my, I wear all everything that's happened to me on my sleeve. And especially if I make a friend, I'm like, this is how I feel about this. This is what happens with this. And, um, and then I get myself into a situation where I'm like, oh my God, I just gave this person all this information and I really wish I hadn't. Why did I share so much? Why did I just go give away all of my worldly secrets and everything to someone that I don't even know? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? And then I beat myself up and be like, why did I just get invested into a relationship or a friendship with somebody who I didn't really know? And I love that, it, um, you know, to get someone's confidence, it takes time, right? And I think I heard on that, that um, the meditation I was talking about that I found on Insight Timer, by the way, that, that, that came from Insight Timer, the um, reflection that I talked about earlier. And the um, person giving the meditation, this Indian gentleman that's doing this, that does this meditation, talks about getting quiet and what are your deepest, what are your deepest desires in your heart? Like, what would you like to manifest in your life? And I think a lot of us think that we need to manifest things that are material, right? We want to manifest a faster car, a prettier house, um, a better wardrobe, um, a, a mate, um, a friend, um, we want to manifest all these things. And I, and I'm guilty of that all the time. I'm like, I want to manifest the fact that we're going to, whatever, my life's going to look a little different this way. But at the core, this gentleman points out, like, what do we really all want at our core? And that's like peace. I just want peace. I just want peace and happiness. And, um, I want it all the time. That's all I want at the end of the day, because all those material things that I talked about, you go and you buy them, at least for me, I would go and buy something and it would make me really happy for a second, right? You're like, oh, I bought this. It made me so happy. But then, you know, an hour later, two hours later, you're like, yeah, that happiness is already fleeting. I want to have happiness all the time. Where do you find happiness all the time within you and that peace all the time within you? How do you do that? How do you do that? I think you build up that gratitude. I think you have faith. And um, as alcoholics and addicts, we also have a lot of fear. And it's fear that this isn't going to, it's mostly fear that we're not going to keep what we have or, and we're not, or we're not going to get what we want, or things aren't going to be the picture we make up in our heads. And I did air quotes there. Um, I think that that's a big thing. We, we really, really, um, at least for me, you know, I put all these, you know, I want things to stay the same and nothing ever stays the same. Things are constantly changing all the time. P 
people are getting different and they're changing all the time. I'm changing. I like certain things that I didn't like before. There's things that I said that I would never do that I do now and that I enjoy. There's, um, there's all sorts of things that come up in our life that we say that we're not going to do and we change, but that fear is that it's going to be a change and it's going to be terrible. It's always a terrible fear. And, um, I was talking to someone this evening, actually, and um, she was talking about that she wishes that she knew that when you die, if you, that if you die, we're all going to die, that when you die, you're going to go to a place where you're going to be with your family again, wherever that is. And she said, I wish I knew that. I wish I knew that for, for real. Like, I wish I knew that if you die, you go and you be with all your loved ones. And um and I said, okay, I understand having that fear that you want to know for sure, but can you just have blind faith that that's going to happen? And that's really hard, right? I think the God thing is hard for so many people because so many people are like, I, I don't know if I can trust that. I, I don't know if I can trust that God's going to do this for me. I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't touch God. I can't feel God. And especially in a world where everything is about touch feel happening instantaneously. And to say that I'm going to have faith in God is, um, is difficult. I'm going to have faith in like, God is such a hard thing. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this on this podcast, but there's another um, guru from India that was talking about how he used to give speeches to like, let's say 200 people are, he's giving a speech to 200 people. And he says to the, all the people, these 200 people that are out in the audience and says to them, how many people want to die and go to heaven? And when he did it like 20 years ago, there were 80% of the people had their hands up, right? So that's like, a you know, 80% of the people had their hands up. And, um, and then today it's like not even half of the people raise their hand because they can't feel it or touch it. And we want such that instantaneous gratification. And it's hard if you're an addict to have that sense of God, if you've never had it. And, um, especially if you never went to church. And I know that today, not as many people go to church as they, as, as, as like when I was growing up, I always went to church and um, whether or not I liked it or not, my mom made me go to church. And um, my daughter pointed out to me on Palm Sunday, we went to church and um, I, I said to somebody, oh, she loves going to church. And she's like, I, I don't know how much I love going to church. It's just been part of my life because my mom always made me go to church and I feel really good when I go to church. And I don't know how many people really do that anymore, that they go to church or that it's a part of their lives because they have sporting events and kids got have to be certain places. And so you only go on maybe major holidays. And then you're like, I don't even want to go on a major holiday because this is the only day we have to sleep in. And I, I totally get it, but there's something to be said for going into a building. It's just like going to a meeting, a 12 step meeting. It's like you get your back, you get your butt up and you go to this building and you see people and you get to be around people and you can feed off other people. You find members of your boardroom that you find that you love, that you can trust. You know, my priest, um, my rector up in, um, up in Philadelphia has always been one of my major board members. He's a dear friend of mine. And, um, and I'm Episcopalian, so it's perfect because it works out for me. It's something I believe in. I was raised Catholic and 
as you guys, I think a lot of you know, my dad's Jewish. My mom was Irish Catholic and I, um, and I raised my kids Episcopalian and that was just my choice. So something had happened within, you know, the Catholic church that I wasn't really psyched about. So I decided to go to, you know, the Episcopal church. And for me, it's a little more relatable given the priests can be married, you can be gay, you can be whatever you want to be. And um, I've always found it very loving, a very loving place and a very forgiving place. So um, I've always gone to the Episcopal church and I, but having and believing in God and I still, I, I feel like God works through other people, right? And there's so many times that I see, especially in other people's lives that I work with, that um, they're like, oh, I, I don't know. I want God to be there, but he isn't. He hasn't shown up for me. And I'm like, what do you mean? And the person will be like, well, I keep praying and I don't see anything. And then the person will tell me, and I'm just going to give you a far-fetched example. This might not be for real. It could be for real. I'm just giving you an example. So someone um, I work with was talking about how they were like, please be present in my life. Show me how you're showing me God that you're there. And the person then got a, um, they got a text message from a total stranger that said, um, it's me, God, believe in me. I promise I'm here. And they were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that was a sign. And then, um, and then they said, um, someone had passed away and they said, if you're there, please, please tell me you're an angel in heaven. And they had to make a phone call. And the person answering the phone said, hi, this is angel wink. So these are like, you can see, I at least want to believe that that is a wink from our higher power. It's not, um, a coincidence. It's really, um, it's a sense of like, okay, I'm not doing this by myself. Somebody is out there believing in me. And I want, if you're out there and you're thinking, God, this girl's nuts, busy's nuts, Elizabeth Chance is nuts talking about this. But I can tell you that it's, it will happen for you if you're awake and you're paying attention. And if you talk to one of your board of directors and say, okay, this is the story that happened and have them listen to you. I believe that it is so important that you find someone on your board of directors that um, you believe in, that you have, your board of directors has to be somebody you think is pretty awesome. Um, your board of directors has to be somebody you trust and not just kind of trust, but from like on your insides, you know, that this person's good and it might take a little while to realize that they're good. But if you find that person, hold on tight and um and realize that um you can trust that person and then they can show you these things and you get to be able to say wow i do see that my higher power god is working my life which makes you happy right at least it makes me happy when i can see it it's like wow that's awesome i just got to witness something that was so amazing now look at that. That wasn't a bigger car. That wasn't a fast, that wasn't um, something faster. That was not something blingier. That wasn't jewelry. That wasn't, um, it wasn't anything material, right? It was something that I got to hear from someone else that saw something that just makes me so happy on the insides. And when we get to see that happiness is the joy we all have. We all have the ability to see joy. We all get to be happy. But it's if we want to, 
It's if we want to, you know, it takes time to quiet our heads, you know, cause our heads will go to this thing that's going on, that thing that's going on, you know, oh my gosh, did I get Easter presents? I'm just going to use Easter as an example because it's only a couple of days away. What am I going to make for Easter dinner? What am I going to make for brunch? Do I have enough food? Oh my God, I called the bakery and I can't get any more of this. What am I going to do? I can't get a reservation at the restaurant that I love or the place that I like to go with my family, which happened to me, by the way, I tried to get a reservation to go to the place we normally go to and they were booked. And then I called today to order a cake and they're like, no, you can't. You should have done that three weeks ago. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to bake a cake myself. I'm going to make chocolate mousse myself. I'm going to um, do baked eggs myself. I'm going to make them the night before. So all I have to do is put them in the, in the um, oven. I'm going to do a fruit salad. Very easy. I'm going to make the cake. And then on, I might make the cake on Saturday. I'm going to make chocolate mousse on Saturday. So when Sunday comes, I can come home from church, just put things in the oven and relax and have fun. That's all I want to do. It's just relax and have fun with the people that I love. Right. I want to invite all these people over. None of my, my boys aren't coming home, but my daughter's going to be here and it's going to be fun. And, um, go, if you are like, I'm going to be all by myself, you can find a church that's non-denominational that you can go to. If you know, you could go to a 12 step meeting and meet people there. You could go and find friendships because they say that if you have a good core friends, you're going to live longer, right? So why not go find that good core friend? Why not go and look for a group, a new posse? Why not go find your board of directors and put some effort into you and your life and what you want it to be looking like, not what somebody else wants it to look like, you know, what are you going to do for you? You know, being sober um, gives us so many more choices, right? We get so many other choices in our lives that we didn't have when we were drinking. Cause at least when I was drinking, it was always about when, when was I going to get enough? Was I going to have enough? How was I going to get home? All these things that would always take over my life. And um, I didn't get to enjoy these other things in life. And it's spring all over America, all over the world. I think except for Australia, it's probably getting to, to be winter there. But, um, you know, um, it's really fall there. And, um, but it's beautiful out. And you can go out and look at things and find peace and find joy, which then in turn make you happy. Maybe go buy yourself some flowers. Let's say you have one day of recovery. Let's say you have 14 days of recovery. Whatever it is, you're like, I want to do something for me. Go get yourself a Easter bonnet to wear, you know, on Sunday. Even maybe you don't go to church. Maybe you just go out with friends and you just feel happy. But, you know, when you haven't drank and you are out of your, you know, you're not in your addiction at the moment. It's the most amazing feeling. It's like, oh my gosh, wow, this is a huge accomplishment because most people don't get that. Most people do not get recovery for even a minute. So to think that you had it for a day, let's say you had it for a couple hours, that's like most people don't get that. And if you feed onto that and let it get bigger and bigger and bigger, it just gives you this life that's amazing. It's amazing. But it has to be you that puts the effort in. You have to do this for you. Nobody else will do it for you. 
I promise you, nobody else will do it for you. I always wanted somebody else to do it for me. I wanted somebody else to do everything for me. I, when I was, you know, I, I used to stop my feet and say, I want what I want. And I want to be happy. If I get this, I'm going to be happy. If I get that, I'm going to be happy. But the reality is none of it ever made me happy. You know, there's this interesting thing. And I just thought about this. There's this like God-shaped hole inside of us, right? We've got this hole. Everybody has this hole and we try to fill it with different things. We try to fill it with alcohol. We try to fill it with drugs. We try to fill it with weed. We try to fill it with all these other things. And none of it ever fills it. None of it ever does. Nothing does. Shopping doesn't fill it. Food doesn't fill it. Only spiritual things fill it. And nobody wants to hear that because they're like, that sounds weird, but it's true. It's something spiritual. There's so many non-denominational churches today that you can find. You can even watch, you know, I'm going to tell you this. I watch Joel Osteen sometimes because he just makes me feel good, right? He just makes me feel good. I just feel like, wow, you know, his message is always one of promise and of faith and of good things that are going to be coming to, to you. And if you don't have a church, maybe check out Joel. He's always on at like 9.30 or 11.30. I think just go to, you know, your computer and you can even watch him on your computer. He's also on, he's on iTunes as well. You know, you can listen to one of his podcasts every day. He's on there. And um, it's just this joy that you can get from doing these little things that make you happy. Because happiness is not going to, it's going to be fleeting if it's material stuff, I promise you. You know, it's going to be fleeting. That's why this 12 step for me is so important. 12 step is giving it a, the 12 step of, um, you know, of my fellowship is, you know, give it, you can't keep it if you can't give it away. And I need to give it away to stay healthy myself. And so um, giving it away makes me so happy. And to be able to help women in my life is amazing. And sometimes I help men and um, it's given me this life that's beyond my wildest dreams. And um it's living life one day at a time. It's not living life for yesterday and not for tomorrow, because I will tell you, as always, the splits is not comfortable to not do that. You don't want to be pissing on today because you got one leg over there and one leg over there, one leg in yesterday and one leg in tomorrow, and there's no happiness there. You need to figure out how to get happy where you are in your life. Where are you going to work on this? What tools are going to work in your toolbox? So that you don't have to do this of feeling like shit all the time and going to wah, wah, wah. You don't want to be Eeyore. I had this guy in my house yesterday and I'm going to finish with this. I had this guy in my house. He was fixing something, whatever. And he has a twin brother and they both came over. And one of the brothers is like Tigger, kind of like me. He's very happy. He's always bopping. He's like, gosh, this is such a beautiful day. Blah, blah, blah. Very happy. And then the brother comes in and he's like, how are you? Not happy. And um, I said, gosh, you're like Eeyore. And he started laughing. He's like the cartoon. And I said, well, um, when Winnie the Pooh came out, it was not a cartoon when I was a child. That was actually a book. And they spoke, you know, Eeyore is described as he walks in. He's always like, oh, oh, oh. he's a donkey and his ears aren't up. They're actually down by his side. And it's like, oh, oh, oh. How I know that this world is a very scary place right now. I know I watch the news and I'm like, holy shit. 
it's the people are insane. People are insane right now. I watch people and I'm like, are you serious that this is going on right now in, in the world? I mean, sometimes I'm like, are we kidding? But you know what? I, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? I can't sit here and watch it all the time because it's not going to make my life any better. It just makes it worse, right? Because I just replay these things over and over and over and over and over in my head. And um, I can look at this stuff and realize it's going on, but then I got to get on to the next thing. And when we meditate and when I meditated with this gentleman, and I'm going to leave you with this thought. So when you have thoughts, you've got to just think of like a thought that you're thinking about something that you have no control over, right? No control over like what's going on in different parts of the world. You have no control over what's even going on in your own city. Sometimes you can't have any, any control of the people in your own house, right? All you can do is be control of yourself. So when it comes to thinking, how am I going to fix this person? Think of this person in a, in a, um, you know, when you had those bubbles that you blew with, like you'd put joy dish soap in and you'd have, you have that one and you blow the, and it would be a big bubble. So think of that thought in that bubble, that, that round bubble that you would blow with the joy in the, with the stick that you pull out of the joy and you go and have this big bubble. So in that bubble is that thought of something that you can't control. Right. And then I want you to go over and I want you to touch that. What happens? It disappears. So take that with those thoughts that you have that you cannot control and say, you know what, I'm going to put it in a bubble and I'm going to just pop the bubble and I'm going to move on to the next thing. Okay. Just remember that you're not alone. And um, if you have one day of sobriety, you are better than a lot of people out there and um, get yourself little gifts. Don't go into hot though. Don't go to anything expensive. As I mentioned, it's TJ Maxx clearance rack. Um, you know, just do something little for you that you normally wouldn't do to give yourself a little boost. You know, that's not going to make you happy, but make some friends, get a board of directors of your own that you can call your people. Okay. Cause you don't need to do this by yourself. There's a lot of people out there that can help you. You can always reach out to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busy, B-U-S-Y living sober.com. Or you can reach me at Elizabeth, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H at elizabethchance.com. Either way, I get it. So um, just know that you're not alone and that you're worth it. And if you are a Christian and you're out there, happy Easter. I hope you have a wonderful Easter. I hope you do something that's fun. Don't eat too many chocolate eggs and too many jelly beans. That's what I'm going to do because I haven't been eating that stuff. And Sunday, I'm going to do it. I don't care what's going to use that day to have been my cheat day. So um, I just want to say thanks to everybody that listens. If you enjoy what you heard, please subscribe, share it with a friend, and um, just know that you're not alone. Please know that you're not alone and you too can be happy. And um, don't take life so seriously. That's rule 62. Don't take life so seriously. So please um, come back next week because I will be here next Wednesday again. And until next time, keep getting busy, living sober. This is Elizabeth Chance and thanks for listening and thank you for everything. And I send you all love and kisses out there in the universe. Love you all and um, keep getting busy, living sober. Take care. Bye-bye.